time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up when it's Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 707 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, February, November the 4th. What was that? (laughs) November the 4th. You know, when the months are flying by so quickly, Glenn, you just... You, you don't even know which one to pick. It'll be February before it'll you be, know it. It'll be February before we know it. Throw that one in the can. We'll use it again. Saturday, November 4th, on this edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis & Boyd, attorneys at law. Are there other attorneys, Glenn? Attorneys not at law? Attorneys at, at food? Attorneys at... Attorneys at large. Attorneys at large. Yeah, there are some attorneys. I do know Mike Large is at a large. Attorney. Yes, there are attorneys at large. I can vouch uh, for that. But I am also, in addition to being an attorney at law, um, you just really wonder why we why we always specify why it's just not Reese Boyd attorney attorney at law. What else would you be an attorney at? I mean, <laughs> are there other options? Attorney at cuisine. Attorney at medicine. I don't know. Uh, attorney at diplomacy. I doubt it. Um, attorney but at the, the next left. Yeah, attorney at the next left. <laughs> attorney uh, on the next right. I am Reese Boyd, attorney at law. I'm also your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show with Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you guys to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in this world that we think you need to know about. A lot more going on in this crazy world than we can possibly get to this week. Goodness gracious, what a week it's been. How was your Halloween, Glenn? It was really good, really good. I had a nice sitting on the uh, driveway with some neighbors. Yeah. So we just I'll, enjoyed it. You know, I try to uh, not get too bogged down in all the spiritual debates. I know some people object to Halloween as a as a demonic thing, but I try to look at it as just a time to spend time with people and to minister to people who probably haven't ever thought about, you know, the spiritual dynamic. And But we had a great time passing out candy at our home. Our neighborhood does a great job with Halloween, lots of you know, it's always encouraging um, when I'm headed home on Halloween and I see a lot of cars. People have driven to our neighborhood mm-hmm. and parked yeah. in the businesses surrounding our neighborhood to walk down into our neighborhood to trick or treat. Yeah. And that always made, I mean, some people are like, oh, why are these people coming to steal our candy or whatever? But I, that always makes me feel good. You yeah. know, it makes me feel like we're uh, hospitable and we're doing a good job and we pass out uh, good candy. By the uh, way, I got, a, I got a, a focus group question for you. What's that? Curious where you because you're a grocery guy. Yeah, I so, was for 35 years. So you'll guy. you'll appreciate <laughs> 35 this years and three so months. <laughs> we've got a bucket on the porch mm-hmm. full of candy. Mm-hmm. We've got Kit Kats. We've got Snickers. Mm-hmm. We've got Milky Way, the normal milk chocolate chocolate variety, and the special dark. We've okay. got Milky Way. Um, what else? We got we got Kit Kat, Snickers, Milky Way, and what else do we Twixed? have? We've got some Twix. Yeah, I figured that Twix. And then we've got some, what is the other nougat bar that I'm, uh, I'm suddenly drawing? Three Musketeers? Three Musketeers. Thank you. Darn, I'm pretty good at you're that. Good at, I yeah. see you're the grocery yeah. guy. Yeah. So we've got a bucket full of Twix, Snickers, <laughs> um, Kit Kat, both varieties of uh, Milky, Milky Way, Way uh-huh. and Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. So 
which one of those candies is going to be left last, in your opinion? Oh, left last? Yeah, which one of those candies is going to be the least popular, at least among those? I would say Three Musketeer because the Milky Way, the dark chocolate, it's good. And the Milky Way regular, good. Uh, Twixt, very popular. And Kit Kat, very popular with young people. So I'm going to say Three Musketeers because that's more of an old person's candy bar, in yeah. my opinion. Glenn? In honor of all the kids that trick-or-treated in Mount Gilead, I'm going to give you a ding. Yeah. Because you are absolutely correct. Yeah. The candy bar that was least popular this year by a wide margin were, were the three musketeer bars. See, they need to add Taylor Swift as a fourth musketeer, and then they would sell <laughs> a lot more because Taylor Swift is hot right now. They need to add Taylor Swift to yeah. their marketing platform. It was, um, And I really like three musketeers. I was having some yeah. of the leftover three musketeers, and I thought to myself, you know, this is really not bad. These are good candy bars. It's just the kids and advertising. and you Yeah. Know. Most kids are probably like, who are the Three Musketeers? Yeah. What is the? Th well, it's a famous novel, son. Yeah. You may have heard of it. But they do have weapons in their hands, those Three Musketeers. They do have right? weapons, they, yeah. They're... So that might be also. With so, book. yeah, but maybe if they make it the, the Taylor Swift, the fourth. I'm telling you, if anybody wants to make a, a lot of money, you got to get Taylor Swift yeah, on Taylor board. Swift. And, she's helping the Kansas City Chiefs. She's a billionaire, too. Isn't oh that amazing? Isn't that Last tough? week, they, Forbes named her as a $1.1 billion heir. And that actually means something. Absolutely. Funny you should say that, Glenn, because one of the, one of the uh, topics of discussion today is going to be inflation. Mm -hmm. And what it means when we were kids, being a millionaire was a big deal. You know, like oh yeah, there wasn't many of them either. The millionaire yeah. and his wife. Yeah. I mean, that that was a big deal. Yeah. Now, having a million dollars or a net worth of a million dollars is kind of like asking yourself, well, do we have enough money to retire or not? Mm -hmm. And it really depends on what these knucklehead Democrats and the Federal Reserve do with the money supply. I mean, now having a million dollars is kind of like okay, if you if you live carefully, you can probably get by on what you have. Maybe, maybe not, depending right. on what. The big guy does with the money supply right. or what the Federal Reserve. And it's really fascinating because, I, I mean, we can easily remember when being a millionaire, it wasn't just can you retire. You were rich. Oh, filthy rich. Yeah. yeah. You, like you could buy an island with a million dollars back when we were young. And so Liz <laughs> was talking. She was complaining. About, and, and also, ironically, shopping for Halloween candy brought this issue to the fore for me. Did you know that Halloween candy was up 17% this year after being up 13% last year? Wow. That means... 30%? Yes. I just did the math. You really just did the math. Hat, yeah. You're ahead of me. I was going to do the math, but yeah. you're ahead of me. That means if you bought $100 worth of candy when Joe Biden came into the White House for yeah. that the, the prior Halloween, yeah. that same amount of candy in the grocery store today that cost you 100 bucks two years ago, this year would cost you 130 bucks. That's a lot of increase. That's, yeah. a, that's obscene, mm -hmm. Glenn. That is really obscene. And as I was walking through the grocery store, I noticed my wife was out of town, so my daughter and I went shopping. We bought a typical basket full of groceries, a buggy full of groceries is the word I'm looking for. The bill was like 300 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, typically... This would have been, I would have expected this to be about a $150 trip to the grocery store. Yeah. It was 300 bucks, dude. Yep. That's crazy. And, and there was one particular pie. I, I noticed it because it's my favorite pie. We did not buy it, but this is a key lime pie that you could get at Food Lion. We used to buy it quite oh, frozen? Yeah, in the, in the deli section. Oh, refrigerated. Right. Okay, refrigerated. And it's just a, just a plain meringue, or no meringue, just the, the key, key lime, lime pie. pudding pie part yep. in a graham cracker crust. And I can easily remember buying those pies. When they were five ninety nine, and I can even I think remember them at four ninety nine. If I'm not mistaken, I don't do 
my wife does most of the grocery shopping. And I, so I noticed two things about this pie when I was in the grocery store over the weekend. It had shrunk. Mm-hmm. Smaller. So shrinkflation. It yep. was smaller because they make the little personal key lime pies, and then they make the big, the Mac Daddy family size. And I noticed it was smaller, and it was fourteen ninety nine. Wow. Yeah, well, limes have gone up too. And I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me! Fourteen ninety nine for a smaller pie. So we did not. We did. We took a pass on the key lime pie, one of my favorites. And so, yeah, Liz Calloway was on her show this week talking about an eighteen dollar deli sandwich. Yeah, um, actually, I paid for that uh, at a local place. Stopped by, got a chicken salad on a croissant, a little bit of some type of a salad on the side, and I think a cookie. It yeah. was like nineteen dollars. Crazy. I bought it. It was to go. And anyway, I was in that establishment with my blind business. And yeah. then I said, hey, what's for lunch? And that's what I end up going with. That, that's expensive lunch, 20 that's bucks. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. That means you take your family of four to a to a yeah. deli lunch <laughs> bucks. at a deli and it's 100 bucks. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. And so what I wanted to get to, and we'll get to it, we'll spend more, a little more time talking about it in the show, was, yes, this is insidious. It's an invisible tax that is depleting the wealth of the middle class, Glenn. Think about that. The monies, the nominal dollars that people have saved, and I think it's one of the grandest atrocities uh, that's been extracted from the middle class in a decade. Also, this week, Glenn, we got to, uh, you know, we got to talk about, um, we got to see the check, you know? But oh people, yeah, the forty thousand check. dollar check. Yeah, we've been here. We've been reading from the laptop from hell about ten yeah. percent for the big guy, and of course everybody's oh they can't possibly be talking about the president of the United States. Nope. Yep. They couldn't possibly be that transparent about it. This week we actually got to see the check. <laughs> you can see the check, Glenn. Four hundred thousand here, forty thousand for literally forty thousand for the big guy. It's ten percent. Wait, let me look. Up, oh, it is ten. percent It actually yeah, is ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So a lot of interesting things to talk about there. And also uh, Dan Bongino and some other folks were talking about reparations on this uh, particular week in, in Paradise. So we got a few things to say about that. A lot to talk about. I mean, there are just a th- Israel, Hamas, the Hamas caucus, the censure of the Hamas caucus, the censure of Rashida Tlaib, which was not a censure. There is so much happening in this world, folks. It's crazy. But And we're also going to be joined on the program today by Bill McClure, who is a candidate for Myrtle Beach City Council. So we're looking forward to that. Y'all stick around. A lot to cover here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Do not leave town. It's not that clear. I'm not Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load for free. <laughs> Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I want to remind you guys that, Glenn, I did not bring the entries with me to the studio this morning, but we will continue to collect those. Uh, you can email us 
on the show. We've got an ongoing contest for some of that fine One Nation coffee. Got a lot of it to give away. You need to get on it. Did so, you, do you happen to bring any in the truck for me? I forgot to get it from you last. You know, you week. didn't get it from me last week. And guess what? This morning, I want the box with the entries and the coffee <laughs> okay. is sitting. So maybe next week. Sitting in the living yeah. room at my house, but yeah. we'll get it to you. <laughs> but Reese Boyd SMC, Reese Boyd SMC at gmail.com is the email address for the mailbag for contest entry for all the stuff that we talk about. Uh, your input, your comments, your questions here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Send us an email. Let us know you'd like some of that fine One Nation coffee, and we'll be glad to enter your name in the drawing, and we will do our best to do it next week. I had it slated for this week, but we will not get to it because I walked off and left the aforementioned entries at my house this morning. But send us an email. We'll add you to the box, and we'll draw some next week, and we will be looking forward to giving away some of that fine One Nation coffee. Check them out, onenationcoffee.com. They are providing the fine coffee that we are drinking this morning here in the studio for Saturday morning coffee, and you will love the mother of all blends. Let me promise you, the mother of all blends, the 912 blend, and my favorite, the Tanzanian Peaberry Glen Reveille. Oh, my goodness. That stuff will knock your socks off. Use the Saturday morning promo code, and you'll get 10% off at OneNationCoffee.com. And best of all, the coffee sales benefit the One Nation Foundation, which benefits first responders and veterans and their families. It sounded like you were jacked up on Peaberry there for a second, been, man. Dude, I, I'm jacked up on Peaberry I was morning. like, it's either Peaberry or Halloween candy. But it's you a combination yeah. of Snicker Bars and Tanzanian Peaberry <laughs> this morning here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Right now, as promised, we're, talking to Bill, we're going to be talking to Bill McClure, uh, Bill got in touch with us a few days ago, asked about being on the show. Bill is a candidate for Myrtle Beach City Council. And as you all know, folks, we are all about uh, limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom for you and me and all of us who are we the people. And we always say that starts here at the local level, starts right here in the studio. And what that means at the local level, folks, is electing people to council who are all about limited government, lower taxes and more freedom and who don't want to waste your money on stupid stuff. It's not their money. It's your money. And so I chatted with Bill a little bit. Sounds like he might be one of those people, but we're going to let him talk about that. Bill was born in Washington, D.C., raised in Virginia, but he has deep South Carolina roots. His mother, Ruth Bridges McClure, was born, raised and graduated from high school in Spartanburg. Bill is a veteran of the U.S. Army. He graduated from George Mason University with a bachelor's degree in economics we like that. We share that. I got my own BA in econ and business after his military service. Bill has over 40 years of experience and government service. And now, for reasons yet unknown to me, he decided to put his name on the ballot, which is an interesting experience we can all attest to. And uh, he's running for Myrtle Beach City Council. So, Bill, welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us. I'm happy to be here, Reese, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Well, it is a pleasure to have you on. So you are running for Myrtle Beach City Council. There are, I believe, three seats on the ballot? Correct. Three seats and eight candidates vying for the three seats. And the election's coming up November 7. Correct. So right around the corner. You bet. Yeah. So what, um, I, I often say possessed, but what caused you to decide to run for Myrtle Beach City Council? Well, Reese, uh, I've been a, a community activist uh, in the city of Myrtle Beach uh, for about the past 10 years. Uh, I've been coming to Myrtle Beach since I was nine years old. As you mentioned, uh, my mother's family is from South Carolina. Uh, I remember uh, downtown the way it used to be. I remember the pavilion. Uh, golly, yes. if, if uh, <laughs> my parents didn't take us to the pavilion, my two brothers and sisters, I'll tell you what, we would complain all the way home to Virginia. <laughs> so uh, that was one way to ensure that you got to go to the pavilion because they didn't want to hear all those kids yapping and going around. Uh, 
Let me talk about, if you don't mind, uh, what's important to me and what my priorities are in terms of, of the city, and it's the reason uh, that that I'm running. Yeah. I'm concerned about the direction in which the city is going. I think the mayor and some city council members are taking us in the wrong direction. I'll give you an example. The uh, pet project on the city council right now is the Arts and Innovation District. That's the old uh, superblock. They just rebranded the name of that thing. And if you look at what they're trying to do, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Go on their website, look at the five-year plan, and they are willing to put on the books, according to their own records, over $350 million in public debt. Reese, that's stuff that you and I are going to be responsible for. So we need to find a way to re-examine, is that necessary? When we talk about downtown redevelopment, the one thing that I do know for certain, I've studied this, Mm -hmm. is that... All of these successful cities, approximately the size of Myrtle Beach, in the, in the area of 35,000 to 50,000 residents, when they go to develop their older downtown areas, they always start in the middle, and then they build out. If you look at what we've done, we've started on the outside, and we can't get to the inside because we're being tripped up. Yeah. Well, let me ask this question, if you know, uh, Bill. $350 million, and there's another question I want to get to you. I noticed on your website you've got issues of, of, of importance to you that you want to highlight. You've got resolved crime and safety issues, reducing city debt, give you a ding for that, accountability, infrastructure, responsible growth, boosting health care, term limits, give you another ding for that one, term limits and wards, protecting boards and commissions. We can talk about whatever that you want to talk about. But my question to you is we've already got a ton of debt from a municipal standard in Myrtle Beach. I think we've got 200 million plus. 239 million as of last week. Which is a lot of debt for a city to carry as a part of its normal operating budget. It would seem to me, I'm not an expert in the field, but it would seem to me that's a lot of debt. I don't know how that compares to other cities. You know, there aren't a lot of cities really similar. Charleston's much bigger. Columbia's bigger. Greenville much bigger. I don't know how many really fair comparisons we have in the state of South Carolina, but it seems like we got a lot of debt already. What would they use the $350 million for? Basically, to redevelop an area that is about one square mile. Uh, they've gone into the real estate business down there. They're using that money uh, to buy up properties, to rehab them, uh, to put uh, a the old downtown theater off of Main Street. They're going to take that and rehab it to a, what they say will be a 300-seat performing arts facility, and that's way too small for to be a performing arts facility. And they're, just as an example of one of the things they're going to do, it's going to cost $15 million to rehab that. But if you look at the pro forma from their consultants, it will tell you that that particular project in and of itself is going to lose money in the first five years. They want to put in a, 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 a new center that would focus on technology. It would be a three-story building. And then mm-hmm. I have to say to myself, why would we build that and build that there when, when you already have the HTC Innovation Center and the other things that they put in place? And now they want to take it and, and, and build something else there. And is that the appropriate place for it? And quite frankly, when you look around 
the Arts and Innovation District. I call that the AID project. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the properties, if you will, that surround that particular area. And I think that you're going to find uh, that Mayor Bethune and her family and her husband own a significant amount of properties around there. Now, if you enhance that area and put that kind of money in it, it's only going to drive the value of their properties up. I mean, I don't know if you realize this. We yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, had a, had a meeting ab- about the uh, uh, the new water sewer and the and, and things that they're going to do mm-hmm. in, in the in the Arts and Innovation District, uh, stormwater uh, projects, etc. And I looked at that and I said to myself, "Wow." Of all the things they want to do, 40% of that, 40% of it is just going to be in the Arts and Innovation District. How does that benefit the rest of the city? In terms of water and sewer improvements? Correct. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting, Bill, and I don't, and I'm, as I said, I'm not an expert in the field, but I do have questions. Um, I, I had an interesting experience with my daughter. We were out um, messing around with the kids. I was out messing around with the kids. My wife was out of town, and we decided we had been up to, actually, we'd been up to the Jeep Jam in Myrtle Beach, and we decided, my daughter said, well, let's ride down to the boulevard here. We'll go to Peach's Corner, and it reminded me that we have really not spent a lot of time as a family in Myrtle Beach. Um, it's just, it's not been something that we've done, and we went down, we went to the, and not to single Peach's Corner, out. we were just walking around. We parked the Jeep, went to, um, Peter's Corner, but we were walking around the downtown district, and my daughter said, Dad, because I always tell them stories about growing up uh, around here, spending time on the boulevard as a kid, things that places that I work, that sort of thing. She didn't have, she said, Dad, this place it needs some work. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's, this, is my, this is my high school daughter saying, Dad, this place is kind of a wreck. You know, what is, you know, what was so, and I said, you know, listen, Myrtle Beach is just not what it was when I was your age. And there are lots of reasons why that is so. And I'm not blaming that on the current city council. I feel like Myrtle Beach is suffering from decades of poor decision-making as it relates to the downtown district. And we're not going to reverse that overnight, but I share your concern. I'm not sure that uh, the, that technology focus is what I would be focusing on in that area. But, but again, is government going to be able to make that work just by spending a bunch of money? No. Simple answer. No. They're not going to make it work. Let me just point out something else, yeah. Reese. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's look at where the population of the city really is today. Mm-hmm. It's in the north end. It's in the south end in the Market Common area. Mm-hmm. If you if you take Sixty Second Avenue North up to Grand Dunes Boulevard, that's the second largest voting block in the entire city. Mm-hmm. If you take the market common area, not the district, but the whole market common area, that's now the largest voting block in the city. They yeah. went from two precincts to four precincts in just two years. So to get back to what you're talking about, mm-hmm. those areas have been built up. Mm-hmm. We have to concentrate on what we need as you said, down on the boulevard, go anywhere on the south side of the boulevard and just look at the shape of buildings, the roads. If, yeah. you, if you go back into the neighborhoods, there are infrastructure needs that, in my view, we're just ignoring. And there's no reason to do it. If we're going to spend money, let's spend it where it is needed the most. 
not on some special interest project. Yeah. Bill, we got to take a quick commercial break, pay some bills. Can you stick with us? I'd be happy to. All right, folks, we're talking to Bill McClure. Bill is a candidate for Myrtle Beach City Council. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Go down, Moses. There's nothing that you can say. Folks, let me tell you about our good friends at Conway Ford that are running some great deals now on some great new Ford vehicles. Of course, we are talking about your hometown dealer. It's the winner of the Ford President's Award. It's Conway Ford, where you'll always find friendly faces, great selection, excellent customer service, and the best buying experience in the area. Conway Ford buying experience is better than their competitors. They guarantee it. They're excited to have a great selection. It's been a long time coming, but the lot is full of Broncos, Broncos Sports, Conway Ford. They've got more than any other dealer in the area. They also have Escapes, Edges, Explorers, Expeditions, F-150s, and those beautiful Mustangs. Folks, come check out the beautiful Mustangs they have at Conway Ford for yourself. They're also now offering complimentary pickup and delivery on your service needs. So if you have a car needs service, you want the best possible service experience around, you can also Find that at Conway Ford as well. It's Conway Ford, folks. It's in Conway on Church Street. It's worth the short drive if it's a short drive for you or even if it's a long drive. It's worth it. And tell them Conway Ford sent you at Conway Ford. They got the best buying experience around. They guarantee it. And tell them you heard about it on Saturday Morning Coffee. Check thanks to that Biden inflation we've been talking about this morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee. But right now, somebody who's not gone is Bill McClure. Bill is still with us. He's shared a little bit more of his Saturday morning with us. Bill is running for Myrtle Beach City Council. And, and Bill, thanks again for sharing your Saturday morning with us. I'm really happy to be here, Rins. It is great to have you. And one of the things that I saw you put on your sheet, your data sheet, your website, all the little handouts, the poem cards that you pass out, uh, issue near and dear to my heart, you put term limits and wards, just briefly, got a, a short segment here, but I know, I, I don't know what you're thinking about, I assume you're talking about term limits for city council. Absolutely. And uh, what's the issue with wards? I wanted to ask you about that. What does that mean? Uh, what it means, it's time to change the way in which we vote. As, as, as you know, uh, city council members are elected at large. Uh, but the population has shifted. We have very large population sectors in the north end, the south end, down by the Market Common area. And uh, the people that I talk to, and I've been doing this, re- you know, religiously now for over a year uh, to get a sense of what people are looking at, they feel disenfranchised. They don't feel that they really have representation. So what we could do uh, under the uh, Municipal uh, Corporation Act uh, it's right there. We can we can form voting wards. They're also known as voting precincts. Depends mm-hmm. on where you come from. Yeah. And what we would do is we would form four voting wards. We'd have one in the north end, one in the south end, two right split up down in the center of the city, so that we have appropriate representation. We would keep two at large seats. 
The reason we want to do that is if we reduce the number of city council members, mm-hmm. that could impact on the, at the state level possibly monies that we might get for roads, et cetera. So we, we want to we keep those. But in The number getting, of council representatives might ele- influence the amount of money you get for roads? It could be because you, the people up in Columbia, they, they look at, at the size of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you start to – it looks like you're shrinking things. It could influence their decision. So well, This is government decision-making we're talking about. So. <laughs> well, I, All I, bets are off. D- well, yeah. So um, instead of electing everybody at large – now, let's make sure people understand. How many seats are on city council total? Six. Six. And does that include the mayor or does not include the no, mayor? No, not. The so mayor would be number seven. Now, does she get a vote in every – she she does or he does if we elect a uh, another mayor mm-hmm. uh, they they do get a vote uh, I or is I, it just a tiebreaker well it, it should be just a tiebreaker but the current mayor votes on everything for some reason when when there's no need to do it okay I never understood I always thought that it was a vote to be made in the F, but I don't know I'm, that's the reason I'm asking is I thought it was a vote to be placed in the event that it was three to three on council that's um, that's, that's the way it's designed to be mm-hmm. well. And so instead of electing all these folks at large, what you're saying is we'd have two at large and four would be elected from districts. Right. So that you, whatever district you would live in, Mm -hmm. you have that person to go to. You know who to talk to. You know who to reach out to when you're talking about uh, dealing with the city government versus trying to figure out which one of these folks can help you. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense because I think you have... As we talked about before you came on the program, I think there are areas of the city where people feel a little bit underrepresented or disenfranchised. And, I agree. And I think having somebody that they know is their representative is a, is a probably a, a useful thing. Now, when you're talking about term limits, what do you? What's the appropriate? First of all, people may not know how long is this. How long is a term on city council? Uh, there are no term limits on city council. But how long is each term? Oh, four years. Four years. So four if years. you're elected, you'll be on for four years. Correct. Okay. And there are no term limits now? No. But Myrtle Beach has the authority to impose those by ordinance? Yes, they can impose those. They Again, it has to go through uh, the uh, Municipal uh, Corporation Act, mm-hmm. but there are procedures to do it. Uh, and the lawyers know a heck of a lot more about that than I do because yeah. uh, I read the language. Uh, but it's it's there. It's available. It's doable. Well, I have heard term limits described as a bad idea whose time has come and people and I know there are people who don't think it's a good idea, but I've decided that that's exactly what term limits are. They're a bad idea whose time has come because I don't think the founders contemplated. They certainly didn't contemplate at the city level, but they didn't even contemplate at the federal level that we'd have people that would just go into government and live in government for their entire lives. And people say, well, the ballot box is a term limiter. Well, yeah, the ballot box is a term limiter, but it obviously doesn't work in that regard because you have people like Mitch McConnell and other people who have been in office for like 147 years. And they don't, you know, and they're clearly never going to be unelected by anybody, you know. So um, so how long, how many term limits would you suggest would be appropriate? I'm a fan of two terms, eight yeah, years. I think that's great. Um, anything else, Bill, you'd like to share with our listeners? Other than encouraging them to get out and vote on November 7th? That's the important one. Uh, if we don't have a good turnout, it, low turnout always favors the incumbents. And if we're going to make a change, we need to get everybody to vote. So I'm asking everybody to come out and vote, whether you vote for me or not. I hope you do, but we need to get everybody to turn out and vote on November 7th. So if folks want to follow your campaign, learn more about you, support you, how can they get in touch? 
Uh, they, they can go on my website, uh, McClureForCouncil.com. There is a form right there. Send me a message. I will get right back to you. Excellent, folks. It's Bill McClure running for Myrtle Beach City Council. Don't forget to get out and vote on November 7th and check him out. It's McClureForCouncil.com. That's McClure, M-C-C-L-U-R-E, for, F-O-R, Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L.com. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Bill McClure. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. We'll be right back. Take care. We'll be back. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I want to thank Bill McClure for joining us here on the show. Really interesting to talk to Mr. McClure. He's running for Myrtle Beach City Council. I hope you guys will come out and vote on November 7. Whoever you vote for, folks, really, honestly, it is important that we get a good turnout. Um, let people know that that's important and, and make sure that we participate. You know, voting is is the fundamental obligation of citizens in a democracy. And that's, that's our job. We don't have a lot of jobs, but that is our job in a democracy to get out and vote, let our preferences be known uh, to the government that we are, um, that we are uh, attached to, for lack of a better word. So we got a, we got a stake in this and we need to get out and vote and let our preferences be known. So hope y'all will do that. Want to remind you guys one more time that we got a contest going on for some Saturday morning coffee, some of that fine One Nation coffee that we're going to be giving away. If you will send us an email to reeseboydsmc at gmail.com, we will get to that next week, I promise. And we'll get some uh, somebody, some lucky prize winner will walk away with a good stash of One Nation coffee and encourage you guys to check out onenationcoffee.com. If you want to try it out before then, you'll use that Saturday morning promo code uh, to get the 10% discount. Uh, earlier on, Glenn, we were talking earlier in the show about uh, Bidenflation and all the things. I've been thinking a lot about money, and then I realized when I was listening to Liz Calloway talk about the $18 sandwich that this is really a big, there is no bigger deal, Glenn, than, than you know, people work. We spend a, the bulk of our adult lives working and for what purpose to provide for our families to put a roof over our head to put cars in the driveway and what there are you know many things that government does every day but everything that governments do whether we're talking about fiscal policy how the government spends money tax policy or monetary policy that either make our lives better or worse and, and if you monkey around with the money supply, and I was thinking about it as, I, as we were talking about, you know, I mean, like I said, I've been thinking about money lately. It's interesting. My, um, my father-in-law has this habit of doing for the kids a stack of 200, to, uh, a stack of 100, excuse me, I'm going to get this right, a stack of $2 bills at Christmas. Okay. And the kids are always like they're embarrassed to spend $2 bills for some reason, which I... I'm yet to understand <laughs> fully. It's, it's like funny money. To yeah, them. it's like yeah. funny money. And I'm like, well, you wouldn't be embarrassed to spend a $5 bill, would you? Right. And you wouldn't be in, embarrassed to spend a $1 bill. So what's so embarrassing about spending a $2 bill? So, but they always bring the stacks to me and I cash them in. So I wound up with, you know, 
a literal box of hundreds of $2 bills at the house over time. And finally, I'm like, okay, I like $2 bills, but I'm tired of seeing these just accumulate. So I started spending them. Glenn, I went to to a McDonald's, and it has started the most interesting conversations with folks. And I went to a McDonald's, and the, the woman literally did not believe they were real. And then when I convinced her they were real, she loved them. She said, well, can I buy one from you? And I said, well, why don't you just keep one? We'll call it a tip. Right. And it literally made her day, dude. It literally literally made her day. She was almost jumping up and down. I I took some to the grocery store, and the the bill was like, you know, six six bucks and change. So I gave him three $2 bills and a a $1 bill. And he's sitting there trying to do the math. And then he says, hey, I think I want to buy these. And and he gets confused. He said, now I'm confused. I was like, look, dude, just do the transaction, and you've got a 10 laying over there. You hand me that 10. I'm going to give you five $2 bills, and you're going to be super happy. Then the woman behind me in line, she said, well, can I get one from you? She gave me two one. So it started all these very interesting conversations just by passing out $2 bills. A lot of people don't even realize that we have a $2 bill, apparently. And I'm like, dude, this is the oldest news in town. HTC used to give away two $2 bills when you went to their annual uh, meeting when yeah. you voted. Well, and apparently, and I, I've learned this lately, when you walk around with a stack of $2 bills, apparently some people will assume that you have been to the Gentleman's Club. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently in, in, the, in no stripper of uh, any <laughs> self-respecting stripper, will no longer allow you to stuff their G-string with measly $1 bills. Right, it's got to be at least a two. It's got to at least be a two. A minimum. So if you, that's apparently the, uh, the, the currency du jour in the, in the strip clubs of uh, the, the, the up-and-coming strip clubs of America. I, I'm, well, years ago, there was an army base, and mm-hmm. they were taking flack. The city or the town they were near said that they were not helping their economy at all, having the army base there. So the person in charge of payroll ordered a ton of $2 bills and paid everybody in $2 bills. And then the town actually saw the flood of $2 bills and how much it was affecting their economy. Yeah. That well, pe- and you know, Clemson fans, we are the voice of the Clemson Tiger Network, as yep. embarrassing as that is at the moment. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we're the voice of the Clemson Tiger Network. The Clemson fans, when they travel, they take their $2 bills and they'll stamp, many of them will stamp an orange tiger paw on them. Okay. And spend those $2 bills with the tiger paws on them. because, And it is a way of announcing the economic impact in the community yeah. of all these Clemson fans rolling into town. It's a big deal. It's a lot of money. Yeah. But it's it started so many interesting conversations with me, but it, it reminded me, Glenn, I can remember when I was a kid, the bottom row at the candy store was a nickel row. Yeah. And you could buy pieces of candy for a nickel. And I think even, I think my first memory is you could almost get two pieces for a nickel, if I recall, like bubble gum, things like that. What can, you can't even buy anything for a nickel. Why do we even make pennies? You know, if, if most yeah. people think about it, if they start to offer you some change, most people just say, oh, forget yeah. about it. And that's, that's another way, that's another invisible way which a bad monetary system is stealing money from the middle class. A dollar should buy something. That's my point. That's right. the reason. That's I'm like, you can't really buy, forget about a nickel. You really can't buy anything for a dollar anymore. Which and I've what I've learned through this experiment carrying two dollar bills is you can actually there's you know a, still a little bit of heft throw weight to a two dollar bill, yeah. but ones are essentially pff, a one Who yeah. cares? And I thought to myself, I keep a list of things we need. Like if I'm ever able in a in a position to do something about any of this stuff, but we need term limits. We're talking to Bill McClure. We need term limits. That's been on my list forever. Mm-hmm. But one thing I realize this week in thinking about money. We need a stable currency. 
We need a stable currency. The, you know, the objective of the Federal Reserve, even before Biden inflation, and by the way, the government has lied to us repeatedly. Remember yeah. transient inflation? Remember yeah. when they tried? Yeah. Janet Yellen tried to tell us that this is transient. Inflation is ridiculous, Glenn. It is absolutely ridiculous, and it has obviously not been transient. They lied yeah. to us about inflation. If you, talk, if you just look at a good economy and then gas prices go up and how it affects a normal family with just gas prices, yeah. this is everything across the board has gone up, including gas. The current inflation rate is 3.7. By the way, that was 3.67 last month. The current rate is 3.7. But like we said, year to year, the same candy that you would have bought $100 worth of candy the last Halloween before Joe Biden entered the White House, the mm-hmm. same box of candy or the same amount of candy would cost today $130. That's ridiculous. And one of the things I thought about, you know, even before Biden inflation and all the craziness, the stated goal of the Federal Reserve, Glenn, has been to maintain 98. They don't want inflation to exceed 2%. So, and for the most part, until Biden came along and until the pandemic and they just started printing money like crazy, mm-hmm. they were more or less maintaining that. But can you imagine the Federal Reserve is nothing more than an asset manager for our currency, right? Yeah. And so can you imagine putting your money with an asset manager and he said, Mr. Boyd, I'm not going to charge you a lot. My goal is to maintain at least 98% of the value that you're bringing to me. At the end of the year, for the dollar you're giving me, I'm going to try to bring back to you at least 98%. I mean, can you imagine hiring an asset manager to do that? (laughs) And it occurred to me, you know, even over time, the long-term benefits of even nominal, the long-term detriment of even, you know, two, three, four percent inflation is still really bad. And and so one of the things we really need, we need to decide. I think a hamburger should cost three bucks, and we may not need to go back to the gold standard, but a hamburger should not cost more than three bucks in this economy, Glenn. Or we did, we need to we need a period of deflation. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so much more we could talk about, folks. But we are completely out of time, unfortunately. A lot more I wanted to get to, but it won't happen on this episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. We'll save the other topics for the stack. Let me leave you with this bit of parting wisdom from the Proverbs: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week with more on Saturday Morning Call. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.